This is the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, episode 112. Welcome to the Top Agents Playbook Podcast, the very best tips, tools, and ideas from real estate's top performers. Now, here's your host, Ray Wood. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to the show. This episode is a little different because I'm actually reading from a book that I've written. I've written it probably over the last six or seven years. Some of you might have seen some of the copies. It's called The Ultimate Listing Presentation and Pre-Listing Kit, but it's yet to be like officially published. Uh, I actually don't know if I will publish it. It's just a, an ebook at the moment, but it's 36-odd pages, 14,000 words, and I've been adding to this and edit, editing it and making changes, tweaking it, making improvements, like I said, for the last six or seven years. So uh, I think it's something that you're going to be able to put to work very quickly. But the reality here is that it's just me today, so you're going to have to deal with me. I haven't got any two or three million a year guests sharing their secrets, but I think I've got something just as important because if you can even make the slightest tweak to your listing presentation that helps you convert more listing presentations to actual listings, which you'll convert to sales, I think it can be a very, very lucrative investment of your time. So I'm also going to show you how you can download uh, this complete document, how you can get all the templates that I go through and talk about, uh, how you can have have this to read through, share with your team or with your colleagues, and how you can put it to work to get more listings and make more sales. So it's broken up into chapters, so I'll just be reading it out per chapter. Uh, and I'll also be showing you uh, in the show notes how you can go to different chapters and different times to get the exact information that you want. So if you want to check out more, go to topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 112 and everything will be explained there. All right, let's get started. Well, welcome. Let me ask you a question. After prospecting for solid leads, what would you consider to be the next most important thing you should be doing as often as possible? The answer to your question will not only determine your professional fulfillment and career satisfaction, but your overall success in real estate. I believe that getting the listing as often as possible from every potential opportunity is the answer to that question. And here's why. I've got a theory about the cost of losing a listing, and I'm yet to find anyone to disagree with it. It goes like this. Let's say your gross commission earned for a sale is $10,000. My theory goes that if you, if you lose a listing, the real cost is more like $40,000. But let me explain. First, you lose $10,000 as your fee for service. Second, you are gifting or giving $10,000 to your competition. It's like you're sponsoring their career and helping them build their brand right under your nose. Third and fourth, you lose the very likely possibility of listing two or even more properties off the back of the original listing. And that, by the way, is how good agents become great, simply by building momentum from a growing number of listings in one area. In this episode... I'm going to show you exactly how you can boost the possibility of winning more listings. I'm going to show you how the pre-listing kit is every bit as important as the actual presentation itself. I'm going to carefully explain the massive mistakes most agents make when preparing their listing kit. I'm going to help you combat the fact that the seller has probably already decided which agent they'll be going with 
before you arrive and how to increase your chances even when you're going in cold to a seller you've never met. I'll take you step by step through what I believe is the ultimate listing presentation and I'm talking about the very best actual procedure to follow. I'll give you the very best questions to ask during your presentation and why they're so essential to your success. I'll give you my very best trial closes to help you warm up to the main event. I'll give you the letter that goes with your pre-listing kit. I'll give you the best way to get 12 stunning testimonials by this time tomorrow. I'll give you my very best fee defense scripts to help you earn the fee you deserve, including the most powerful and effective script I have ever used. I'll even give you the questionnaire you should be using and what the answers tell you about your new client. All of that and a whole lot more coming up. The next time you need professional real estate marketing flyers, letters or cards, don't ask your graphics people for an estimate or try to create something great in a Word doc. Instead, head over to Jiggler.com and set up a free account. Jiggler is the online creative marketing tool for agents and it's jammed with proven templates including flyers, cards, stationery, letters and awesome social media posts. And it's so easy to use. If you can drive your Facebook page, you can drive Jiggler. So say goodbye to expensive graphic design bills, wasting time with clunky programs and marketing ideas that don't work, and say hello to Jiggler. Set up your free account today at Jiggler.com. That's J-I-G-G-L-A-R.com. Okay, before we go any further, I'd like to show you how you can download this entire document uh, in PDF and Word files. Everything that I'm going to go through, everything that I'm going to talk about, all of the letters, all of the templates, everything is included here. This will let you completely set up your pre-listing kit and give you everything you need to win more listings and make more sales. So... There's a couple of ways you can do it. You can head over to the topagentstore.com and buy the full download plus direct mail power, which I'm throwing in, which is going to cost you about $150, or you can get it for free with my compliments by helping me out with a small favor. Here's the thing. The only way I can grow my podcast is by getting extra subscribers and extra reviews. So here's my offer. If you go to iTunes or Stitcher, firstly, subscribe. That's most important. Then leave me a five-star review and favorable comment. Then send me an email to let me know. I'll send you the link to download everything that's in this presentation. My email is ray at jiggler, J-I-G-G-L-A-R.com, and I'll also leave it in the show notes for this episode, which is topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 112 or 112. So I'd like to say thanks in advance, and I know the content I'm about to share will help you win more listings and make more sales as soon as you implement these ideas. Chapter 1, Marketing 101. Less is more and logo losers. I think there are too many real estate agents and not enough marketers who also know how to sell real estate. If you want to get noticed and not be invisible in an ocean of agents, there are a few marketing rules I can offer that will make a huge difference in a very short space of time. The first rule of marketing, in my view, is to make sure you're communicating clearly and make it easy for your target to take action. Think about it this way. If you and I were facing each other about six feet apart and I threw six oranges at you with little warning, your first reaction would probably be to take cover. 
But if I held up one orange and I said, hey, catch this, you probably would. What I'm saying here is don't throw six marketing oranges at your target. Just throw one. You don't need to say six things in your flyer and you don't need six ways for them to reach you like on Facebook, Twitter, email, website or a mobile number and landline. For starters, it looks kind of dumb. It also makes your marketing document look busy and will distract from your main message and call to action. Can I suggest you just say, call or text me anytime on and put your mobile number in there and make that bigger in your marketing because you want people to see it. So many people, you know, say if they're over 50 or even over 40, maybe their eyesight's not that good. So any way you can bump up the point size in your marketing is going to help you get noticed. The second rule is to get your offer right. What do you have that's of obvious value to your seller? How can you help them solve a problem? I built my own real estate business on what I call give to get marketing. As many of you probably already know, I wrote and published a book called How to Sell Your Home for More, then created marketing flyers and dropped them into my patch to let people know about the offer. I'm happy to tell you it worked brilliantly. And today, hundreds of agents have bulk copies of my book to use as lead generators and a solid give to get marketing tool. If you'd like to know more, Email me and I'll let you know what's going on. My book addresses the three things that every seller wants or that I believe every seller wants. They want a top market price, they want a sale in a reasonable time, and they want a great real estate experience. Or you could jump into jiggler.com and use one of our recent templates to create and customize your own report. Something like recent sales and marketing trends in Sacramento or wherever you're located. Having one thing you can offer and becoming known for is an amazing marketing weapon. The only thing more amazing is that many agents have nothing and don't really get the concept, but then I guess they're not marketers. The final piece of advice I would offer is be careful where and how you use your company logo when you're trying to get leads. Remember that you are the brand. You are the person your clients will be hiring to give them the very best real estate solution. And you are the person at the kitchen table delivering your listing presentation. Don't clutter your message up with a logo. First off, nobody really cares. It's also a distraction and there'll be plenty of time and opportunity to promote the logo and the company brand once you've listed the property and your sign is on their front fence or sitting in the front yard. Chapter 2, The Three Main Reasons Why Listing Presentations Fail Listings are the lifeblood of real estate success. Real estate's top performers, and I'm talking about the agents who earn more than $50,000 each month in real estate commission, do so because they're great listers. And they're great listers because they have these three essential success steps in place. One, they have a personal marketing system that is constantly generating new contacts and consistent, consistently keeps their listing pipeline full. Two, they are highly skilled at maintaining quality communication with every one of their contacts. Three, when one of their contacts is ready to sell or refers someone who is, they have a proven, highly effective listing presentation that helps them win the business. Most people coming into real estate receive little or no training around the actual listing presentation. This means their chances of success are always limited and always will be until they perfect their presentation process. 
Sure, they may learn on the job, but when you consider the actual cost of losing a listing to one of your competitors, as I mentioned before, it's a high price to pay. And I believe there are three main reasons why listing presentations fail. Reason number one, no rapport. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. Going in cold is hard, especially when the seller has already decided which agent they want to use before you arrive. Reason number two, price shock. This is where the agent gives the seller a price estimate below, and often way below, what the seller is thinking. And reason number three, the agent's presentation doesn't focus on what the seller really wants. Instead, the agent rambles on about what they do and how good they are. These three listing presentation killers can be easily avoided with the right strategy and what I believe is the ultimate listing presentation. This pre-listing kit and listing presentation is a proven formula that helps the seller understand the listing process in a clear and non-confusing way by focusing on the points the seller wants to discuss and using a simple concept to avoid price shock, which I'll get to shortly. If you're new to real estate, or even if you'd like to boost your success at every listing presentation, I think you're going to love what I'm about to share. You're about to get something that's been quite a few years in the making. I'm going to be showing you a process I've cherry-picked from some of the best-performing agents, together with everything I've discovered from not only my own experience using the system, but also lessons learned from agents I've coached over time. This has given me invaluable feedback and allowed me to tweak the process that you're about to discover. Chapter 3. The ABCs of Listing If you follow the rules I'm about to share and also the ABCs of listing real estate, I'm going to estimate you'll see an immediate jolt in your results. And I'm talking about a good jolt. So you probably think ABC stands for always be closing, right? Well, no. If I had to suffer through a presentation when someone was always trying to close me, I think I'd probably be forgiven for punching them in the face. That pathetic Glen Gary, Glen Ross strategy has never worked in the history of time. There's a logical and correct place to close a presentation, and I'll get to it. But my ABC stand for something completely different. A is for ask the right questions. As you'll see when we get to my actual presentation, asking the right questions will make a critical difference to the overall success of your presentation. The best questions will help your potential client set their agenda so you can cover off on all the items important to them, but not to you. Then, and only then, can you warm up to closing questions, which I'll be sharing in this episode. B is for belief or believing in yourself. I recently had something of a breakthrough with a new agent I coach. I was trying to get to the bottom of their reluctance to prospect and interact with a potential client. Turns out the guy's self-belief was totally shot. Turns out he feels like an imposter when he picks up the phone. If you don't have a solid belief in yourself and what you're offering, which is basically you and your product, you're never going to win the listing. And here's the thing. I believe 100% that people want to be sold to And that's why you're about to find yourself at their kitchen table. Every property seller is searching for a solution to their problem. Identifying the problem, then offering the best solution, takes care and skill and every ounce of self-belief that you can muster. Think about it. What is the seller really buying when they sign your sale authority or document? They're buying you. 
C is for confidence. You need to lead and confidently give direction. How do you get better at it? You practice because practice makes perfect. Role play it with your team or your boss or even your friends. Does that sound dumb? Are you afraid you'll look like a fool or feel like an idiot? When you consider the prize and the way that this training will fuel inject your future success, I think it's a small price to pay. The following listing presentation has two parts, the pre-listing kit and the actual listing presentation. Most agents pay little attention to any pre-listing activity, but I genuinely believe it's the secret source to the ultimate listing presentation. If you're going to implement this into your business, I want you to know that it's a proven formula that works extremely well, and I'm encouraging you to start using it as soon as you can with confidence and great expectations. And by the way, before we begin, let me share something important. Extensive research shows that people are rarely interested in reading heavy volumes of information about the agent or their company. They are way more likely to look at a video emailed before the presentation, but are not inclined to read through lots of copy. In fact, we found this is a distraction from the message we want to deliver. The number one marketing rule tells us that our message needs to be focused on what's in it for them, not what's in it for us. Chapter 4, The Pre-Listing Kit, Step-by-Step I'm often surprised to hear a new coaching client tell me that they don't have any formal pre-listing kit or structured listing presentation in place, so it's usually one of the first things we set up because I want to make sure we have everything we can possibly lay our hands on working in our favour for every listing opportunity. Let me take you step-by-step through the pre-listing kit. And when it comes to the actual listing presentation appointment, you'll see how it all comes together beautifully. Step number one, the listing appointment is made. Step number two, you research recent sales in the area to establish a rough ballpark estimate of what the property may be worth. Now, let's put your pre-listing kit together. Step number three, you complete and print a summary of six or seven recent sales in the area. In a perfect world, there'd be three results of sales in the area lower than your rough ballpark estimate, one close to your estimate, and three above. This is one side of a single sheet of paper, and I've included a sample with this free download. A couple of the questions I normally get here, by the way, do these need to be your sales? No, you just have simple information here. And you don't list the agent that sold them, right? You just have the, the basic information, like the address, the date sold, the price, and then a description, which might be three bedroom, two bathroom home, 1500 square feet, uh, which is 140 square meters, uh, and the lot size, et cetera. So you don't need to have a lot of information. You want to keep it, you want to keep it fairly, fairly open because these are, these are points you'll, you'll be discussing shortly with your client. You complete and print a single-sided page of awesome testimonial quotes. Our research and feedback tells us that people won't read through testimonial letters, but will look over short, single-paragraph quotes. Marketing studies show people are turned off when they see a lot of copy. And I've included a sample with this download, but it will soon be show- I'll soon be showing you how to get some awesome testimonials very, very quickly. Step five, include the questionnaire. I've included a sample again with the download that you can get simply by going to topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 112. 
On the surface, the questionnaire is a set of easy questions to help you learn a little more about the property and when the owner is looking to sell. But in reality, it will help you establish rapport with your new client. You'll see how it comes into play when we get into the actual listing presentation coming up. Step number six is your covering letter, and I've included a sample with this free download, but it reads like this. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I'm looking forward to meeting you at your home on Seller Street this Thursday at 4pm. New paragraph. I've taken the liberty of including a list of some recent sales in your area. You're probably aware of them, but I just thought they might be useful for when we meet. New paragraph. I find our selling clients often like to complete our pre-sale questionnaire, and I'm including that as well. New paragraph. See you at 4pm. Kind regards. Signature. Agent's name. Agent's company. P.S. Please accept with my compliments a copy of the best-selling book, How to Sell Your Home for More. I'm fortunate to have been appointed exclusively as the agent in your area to offer my clients a copy of the book and use the proven selling system it describes. If you're not using the book, maybe you've got a free report of recent sales and current market trends, anything that you can use to bring that together. So that's what that's how the covering letter reads, and I'm including that draft and that template with everything else that I talk about. I'm including that uh, with the download. Step number seven, a book or report or something of value. If you're a Best Agents member or one of my private coaching clients, you'll be familiar with and also be using my book, How to Sell Your Home for More. Including a copy of a best-selling book is an immediate perception of value added. If someone is planning a holiday or planning to buy a car, they'll be really focused on that and value assistance from anyone who can help them. But in this case, Someone is getting ready to sell, and despite what they might tell you, their dominant thought is all about what they need to do to make sure they get a sale at the best possible price. If you don't have access to my book, what about, like I said before, a report on real estate or market trends in your area? If you go to jiggler.com and can, and you can set up a free account and quickly create a single page area snapshot that positions you as the area expert. And by the way, if you'd like to read an ebook version of my book, go to topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 112, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Chapter 5, How to Get Awesome Testimonials. Before we move on to part two, the actual listing presentation, I want to quickly cover the importance of testimonials. If you don't have at least 10 awesome testimonials, you need to get some. I love testimonials because they cost little or nothing to secure, are virtually priceless, and will last you for your entire career. A great testimonial is the gift that keeps on giving. Let's look at this another way for a moment. If you can't make a compelling argument to your potential client that you can help them achieve a better result than any other agent, plus help them enjoy a better real estate experience, then what's your point of difference? But the big problem is, Most agents don't know how to get a testimonial, and when they do, it's not very exciting. Look at it this way. When you're in there pitching for business and you tell someone how good you are, they are hearing you, but internally they're saying to themselves, well, of course he's going to say that because he wants my business. But when someone else who has nothing to gain by endorsing us gives us a great testimonial, it has enormous power and impact. I came across this method of getting awesome testimonials quite by accident. Uh, 
I just sold a home for a couple and we achieved a fantastic result. They were so pleased after the sale, the owner called me up and said, Ray, if there is anything I can do ever do for you, just name it. I said that was very kind of him, but the only thing I'd really appreciate was a short letter, even just a paragraph, saying what a great job we did so I could use it to show my future sellers, so I could use it in my marketing. No problem, he said, and told me I'd have it in a few days. Well, two weeks came and went. I called him up to say, hi, um, by the way, have you had a chance to write me that short letter as of yet? Wow, I completely forgot about that, he said, and told me he'd email it to me the very next day. Well, you know that awkward feeling when you get someone who promises you something and then doesn't deliver, and you know you feel even more awkward if you call them to ask again? Well, that's how I felt. So I let it slide. Fast forward a month and my client's letter turns up. It was a few paragraphs long and simply said, pretty much, thanks for selling the house. It was great to get the letter, but the magic was gone. Our stunning result had turned into a good price and they were grateful for our assistance with the sale. In other words, it was just another letter of thanks. Hardly a brilliant testimonial I could leverage in all of my marketing. But still, it was a valuable lesson. A little time later... Another great result, and another deliriously happy seller says, Ray, if there is anything I can do for you, please don't hesitate to let me know. This time I was ready, and I think this is pure gold. Here's what I said. Thanks so much. That's very kind of you to say so. There is just one thing I ask of each seller, and that's a short testimonial that I can use in future marketing. But you know what? I know you're busy, and it's a hassle to sit down and do that. So here's what I'm thinking. How would you feel if I put down a few words and emailed it to you for your approval? Would that be okay? Well, (laughs) the guy looked at me like he'd just been let off a speeding fine. That sounds like a great idea, he said. So the next day, I sat down to my computer and I sent a message. I thanked him for appointing me to help himself for more, and I asked if he'd be okay with me using the following testimonial. Here's what I sent. Hello, Ray. I just wanted to send you a message of heartfelt thanks for helping us achieve such a terrific sale result. The way you helped us prepare and present our home made a stunning difference, and to have three buyers all competing to buy our home is something every home seller should experience. To achieve a result so far above our list price means we have so many more options when it comes to buying our next home. Thanks a million, Bob and Nancy Wainwright. Almost straight away, he emailed me back to say he couldn't have said it better himself. Boom. So what just happened? I not only got a sizzling testimonial when I normally would have got something much more plain, I was able to articulate and influence the energy and language I was looking for. And I think that, my friends, is the power of effective marketing. I don't really know just how many listings that helped me get, but when you put them together with a bunch of others, they make for a very powerful and compelling argument. In fact, I would say that no other agent had the testimonial weapons that I had. And just to think, all I had to do was ask. From that day on, I never asked for another seller to write me a letter of thanks. I simply sent them a message and made it sound more like the awesome result that it was. On some occasions, I'd just write down what I wanted to say the testimonial to look like and call them up and say, hey, let me ask you, are you okay with me saying this? And then I'd read it over the phone, um, I'd read over the testimonial I was looking for. 
and every time they say sure. I believe that there are way too many real estate agents, but not too many marketers. In fact, the best agents I know are awesome at marketing themselves and their clients' homes because they look at things very differently. In fact, my main mission with all of my coaching and my role with Best Agents and Jiggler and Locked On is to help our members and our clients and users to look at things differently because different gets noticed. I've just shown you how powerful language can be and how it's a tool we need to use whenever we can. Chapter 6. How to Package and Deliver Your Pre-Listing Kit The best successes I've ever enjoyed in my professional life come from doing things differently, like I was just saying. There are a whole bunch of books you can check out to learn more about this important and powerful marketing principle, but take it from me. Doing things differently helps you get noticed, and in a crowded world of too many agents all competing for the listing, getting noticed should be your constant mantra. Most agents will deliver their pre-listing kit in a plain white envelope emblazoned with their company's logo. I used to do just that. But when I turned up to listing appointments to find the envelope still unopened, I knew I had to make some changes. The seller would say something like, yeah, Ray, we got your package, but we knew you were meeting you, so we thought we'd wait until you got here. Good point. I probably would have done the same thing. But think like a seller for a moment. What would you think might be in a big, thick company envelope? Maybe lots of glossy reasons why XYZ Realty is the seller's best choice? Can I suggest you stop thinking like an agent and start thinking like a marketer? Here's what I did to get my pre-listing kits opened well before I arrived, and it worked beautifully every time. I bought some plain pizza boxes, and inside was a copy of my book or free gift and one envelope with the essential components of the pre-listing kit I described earlier. I even got square envelopes just to be different, and I'd fold my A4 letters uh, up, up into a square. I wrapped my pizza box in brown wrapping paper and neatly wrote the owner's name and address on the front. I did not include the sender. Next, I wrapped it in straw string, or it's sometimes called raffia, which you can pick up at any craft store. Next, I made sure the kit was delivered to the seller's home as soon as possible after the initial call to make the appointment was made. I like to get that done within the hour. So I've just sent a message that says I'm fast, I'm reliable, I'm not afraid to think differently. It also says I'm a person of action that likes to get stuff done. It tells them I'm a doer. Do you think I'm going over the top? Do you think all this pre-listing activity and training by role-playing and preparation is unnecessary? I don't. Remember when I talked about how losing a $10,000 commission from losing a listing is really more like 40000 Well, then don't you think that winning that 40000 is worth a little trouble and effort? I do. In fact, I'll do anything that can help increase my chances of getting the listing, as you're about to find out. Chapter 7, The Actual Listing Presentation I want to share something about myself you might find amusing, but I'm going to share it anyway. It's a ritual I performed before every listing presentation. First off, I would drive to my appointment listening to my favourite music, often Bruce Springsteen's Born to Run or Tom Petty's Running Down a Dream, something fast and upbeat. Tony Robbins would call it getting into state. I'd let the music lift me and slowly build my personal energy 
drawing on the inspiration of my heroes, who were usually footballers I admired. These are the guys who'd come back from the jaws of defeat to grab glory and help their team win, win against the odds, proving once for all that anything is possible with the sheer will of spirit and personal confidence. I'd arrived to my appointment about 15 minutes early. At the start of my career, I was young and I was nervous, and I had to overcome the self-talk in my head, which was whispering stuff that didn't help. Things like, you're too young, you're too inexperienced, you don't go to, you didn't go to school around here, your company is definitely not the dominant real estate company in the area, you're an imposter, your brand is unknown, what gives you the right to list this property instead of somebody who's been selling real estate here for 10 years, and so on. I think you get the idea. To beat down and overcome this self-talk, I would sit in my car and go into a state, I guess it was almost like meditating. I found deep breathing helped my nervousness, and to this day, it still gives me a feeling of calm and total control. I still often do this for five minutes before I speak or address an audience because I need to be 100% certain I'm delivering my very best presentation. I would run through a list of things I'd written down to counter the mountain of things working against me. Things like, I have more enthusiasm than any other agent in my area. I care more deeply about my seller. I'm a great listener and I'll ask the best questions to help me build rapport with my seller. I'm the best person to help my seller achieve the best result. Nobody comes near me when it comes to getting a home ready for sale. I'm the best marketer in the area. I'm the agent of choice for this seller. Nobody will work harder than me to help my seller achieve their goals. I'm better prepared than any of my competitors. I'm better trained than any of my competitors. I feel supremely confident, but never arrogant. I'm cool, I'm calm, I look great, and I'm ready. Okay, it's showtime. Let's get to work. I would arrive on time and knock on the door to the minute. I'd have a nice leather binder with me and inside a ruled journal and a nice black ink pen. My favorite, my favorite is a black Montblanc pen. The owner would greet me and welcome me inside. Okay, this next bit's important. Almost by default, the seller would invite me to look through the property and this next step probably won me more listings than anything else. Once again, it was something learned the hard way by losing listings. If I continued with the tour of the property, think about it. The seller would inevitably ask me two questions. How much I thought the property was worth and what was my commission? This would give me zero time to establish rapport and build any semblance of a relationship with my potential client. In other words, I'd be missing a vital opportunity to sell myself and how awesome I am. Let's keep in mind, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. I needed to engineer the situation so I'd be liked and have my moment to shine. So instead of looking around the property, I would ask if I could have a chat first because I have some questions. Of course, the owner says. Take a look at what just happened here. This subtle little technique not only gives me more time to establish rapport and build trust with my potential client, it lets me begin to dictate the decisions in the potential relationship and help me, for the time being, avoid the potential listing killer questions about my opinion of value and fee. Let's remember, the seller is looking for professional guidance and help. They don't sell real estate all the time like I do. In fact, they may not have sold for years or perhaps never sold before. They're looking 
for a real estate solution. They're looking for someone who knows what to do and is not afraid to lead the way, somebody that can show confidence and strong amounts of self-belief. My request to chat first is a subtle way to begin leading the relationship. Normally, we head to the living room or dining room, but I much prefer the kitchen table. And just a word about the kitchen. The kitchen is the engine room of any home. Next time you go to a party at someone's house, watch how people usually end up in the kitchen. I don't know why. It just seems to happen that way. Maybe it's because that's where the food and drinks are. Who knows? If you move towards the kitchen table, grab a seat and open your nice black leather folder and journal. The next part is important. There's now an air of expectation. The seller is thinking, what are we going to chat about? I wonder why this agent didn't want to look around the house first like the other agents we invited. You take out your pen and you begin. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I'd first like to thank you for the opportunity to meet with you today and I'm looking forward to viewing your home. But I know your time is valuable. Can I ask you what you'd like me to cover in our meeting today? Then you say nothing and wait. The reason this works so well is that it not only changes the game and positions you as completely different from the other agents they've met with, it lets your sellers know that you are, that you genuinely respect their time and that you're letting them highlight the issues that are important to them. Here's something a mentor taught me when I was very new to real estate. When you're presenting to someone, the more they speak, as a rule, the more they speak, the more comfortable they'll feel with you. Most agents, and especially rookies, will rattle off a heap of items and features that might be important to them, but not necessarily important to the seller. When you're new or nervous, the silence can be so painful that you just want to fill it with whatever you can. And when you can't shut up and engage your potential seller by nodding and listening and jotting down notes, you'll quickly dig a hole for yourself that you'll struggle to climb out of. Many agents, and not just rookies, really struggle with this. The best way to practice is role-playing a listing presentation scenario with your colleagues. You'll find the best performers are usually people who'll be happy to role-play with you. The other great reason to invite your sellers to share what they'd like to achieve from your meeting is because you really want them to set the agenda. The purpose of this listing presentation is obviously to list the property. It's not an appraisal, an opinion of value, or an evaluation, call it what you want. It's a listing presentation, which means that at the conclusion of your presentation, you're going to ask them to list with you. And this is what we call closing. And your skill at being able to close will determine your ultimate success. But here's the thing. You can't close unless you've covered off every point they need to discuss so they can make a decision. And the one thing you must establish as soon as you can is the real reason they're selling, but more about that in a moment. Keep this in mind. You can't close unless all of their questions and concerns have been addressed. You'll just get need to think about it, not sure yet, we're not ready to make a decision, stuff like that. So you've just asked your sellers what they'd like to cover in your time together. And at this point, your pen is poised expectantly over your journal or notepad. The reason why you need a nice hardcover journal is because you're sending a message that whatever they say will not only be noted down, but also treated with genuine respect. 
a loose-leaved notepad is hardly treating their very important comments with respect, in my opinion. It's a subliminal message that says you not only care, but you're a professional and you highly value their thoughts, needs and ideas. Chances are, and I guess obviously, your seller is going to say at least these two things. Well, we need to know what you think we can get for a property, plus you also need to know, plus we also need to know your commission. So you write down my opinion of value and my fee for service. And by the way, I don't like the word commission. I mean, we know what it means, but it does imply to somebody outside the industry, in my view, that we're getting something for nothing. When it comes to marketing, I avoid it because it's a concept most sellers are programmed to challenge. They see it as an exorbitant cost instead of an investment they'll be making to achieve a top market result. So after I've made these two bullet point notes in my cool-looking, expensive hardcover journal with my nice pen, I'm going to say something like, okay, great, I can certainly cover that. What else do you need to know? By the way, did you get a chance to complete the questionnaire I sent you? Now, you'll notice that this is my very first reference to the pre-listing kit you sent them a few days before your personal appointment. Can you see or can you begin to see how it's starting to link in? They may have already given it to you, the questionnaire I'm talking about, which means they're definitely selling, by the way, and not just planning a sale somewhere down the line. If they've completed your questionnaire, take a quick look. The questionnaire is designed so you can quickly scan it to see the important answers that will help you with your presentation. Thank them for completing the questionnaire and ask if you can keep it. If they've not completed the questionnaire, then quickly dismiss it and move on. So now you need to dig a little deeper. What else do they want to discuss? If the questionnaire didn't tell you, Ask if any maintenance items are required to prepare the property for sale. Any painting? Are there cracked tiles? How's the garden? How's the garage? How's the roof? Ask some questions like that. Use your intuition to see how you can add value. And by the way, this is a great opportunity for what I call one of the best trial closes in real estate. If they tell you they want to repaint, recarpet or re-anything, mention that you can help them with an estimate because you have a list of tradespeople and contractors who you use on a regular basis. If they say sure to your help here, it's likely they'll say yes when you ask them to list with you. If my seller is looking for help, I would often bring out my contact list right there and then and call a contractor or tradesman and ask if, they can, if they'd have some time to come by in the next day or so. At this point, you've basically built your agenda But if you don't know, there's still one thing missing that you need to know. If you think the time is right, you might say something like, by the way, this is such a great property. Why are you selling? Any seasoned professional agent will tell you that this can be a very touchy subject. Here's a list of reasons they may be selling, starting with the most common. They've bought another property but may not want you to know because they may think that if you did know, you'll somehow force them to take a lower price. This is very common, by the way. Many sellers think like that. They're moving and they think like that, sorry. They think like that because not enough rapport or trust control has been established. They're moving for work or family reasons. They don't like the location, could be too noisy or doesn't suit them anymore. Uh, A common one is small children on a busy road. They just want to get off the road. 
They wish to capitalise on improvements they've made to the property. They're scaling down, they're scaling up, separation or divorce, financial reasons. They might even be at war with the neighbours. Who knows? In my, in my experience, and considering the comments and feedback from top agents I work with, you'll struggle to get the listing if you don't know why they're selling. Now may not be the time to get to the bottom of this, but you need to do your best to find out. When it comes to establishing the reason for sale, let me role play. I'll just quickly role play a strategy I've created and have perfected in my career. It goes something like this. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, when a buyer gets serious, they'll want to know why you're selling. This is a question that sooner or later they'll ask your agent. When your agent gets that question, it's really important they not only know but can answer it with ease, clarity and confidence. Everyone has a reason for selling. If you decide to choose me as your agent, your reason for selling is going to not only help me with the process but help you achieve a top market result. And by the way, on page 80 of my book, How to Sell, How to Sell Your Home for More, you'll see I've written about how sellers can use their reason for sale to help them sell for more. In fact, I've dedicated three pages to how sellers can use their selling story as a marketing tool. Can I suggest you check it out? If you don't have a copy, go to topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 112 and you can download the digital edition. So with your agenda built, you can now go through the points one by one and speak about them. After you speak about each one, give your seller a courtesy question and say something like, does that cover that point for you? Sooner or later, and most likely sooner, you'll be discussing price. So at this point, this is the beautiful thing. Look at all this rapport you've established. Remember listing killer number one, not establishing rapport. Um, you've yet to get up and walk around the property at this point, so you can't really give your opinion. But that doesn't mean you can't begin the conversation about price with something like this. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, in a minute, I'm going to ask you if you'd be kind enough to show me through your home. But did you get a chance to look over the list, the list of recent sales I sent you a few days ago? So here's what I know. I can promise you with all certainty uh, that the sun will set in the western sky this evening and rise in the east tomorrow, that your potential sellers will have not only seen but intently studied the list of six or seven sales you sent them. So what are we doing here? We're beginning the conversation to avoid price shock, which was listing killer number two. You bring out your copy of the list of sales you sent to them and continue. And you'll say something like, did you get a chance to look at the recent sale on Johnson Street? And you'll discuss it. If they're thinking of selling, trust me, they'll be familiar with most of the sales and they probably would have looked through the homes as well. Okay, great. What about the home on Smith Street and how do you think it compares with yours? So why, what am I doing here and why? I'm discussing these recent sales and searching for the seller's feedback as to what they thought of these recent sales and more importantly, how their property compares with the sales. I'm looking for clues. I'm Sherlock Holmes building a picture of the case, and the case may well determine whether I win the listing or not. And also a word of warning here, owners love to run down the sale process or sale results of other homes in the area. I have no idea why, but I've noticed in, in a real estate career of more than 30 years, it seems to happen more often than not. So there's every chance that you'll get a comment like, oh yeah, Ray, we went to an open house viewing at Smith Street, 
and it not only smelled bad, but the bedrooms were dark and small. So what just happened? The sellers think that their home is worth more than the Smith Street home. And you file that away for consideration when you discuss potential value following your inspection or look around the house. The sheer brilliance and simplicity of this process is that the sellers cannot ask my opinion of the home because I'm yet to fully look around. And I'm careful not to venture an opinion until I do. That would kill my chances of listing their property. So now we move on to your next agenda item, and I'm going to assume the subject of commission, I mean fee for service, will be on that list somewhere near the top. I would simply state that your fee for service is X, and you say the percentage of fee structure applicable to you. You're not looking for consent or approval, it's just what it is. If the seller asks if there's room for negotiation, my favourite response is to tell a story. People love stories because they set a realistic environment as opposed to the hypothetical environment you're in now. Here is my opinion, here is my typical response when asked that question. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I was recently asked that question by a client and I struck a deal that works like this. When I begin marketing the property, I'll be working to have multiple buyer interest. This is every seller's dream because it means the eventual selling price can be higher than expected. But before you begin marketing, who knows? So this is what we did. I inserted a simple clause into our agreement that the owner reserves the right to negotiate or renegotiate the selling fee after receiving an offer, but before any contracts are signed. The seller was happy with that and the resulting price was well in excess of his personal opinion on price, so he was more than happy to go with the fee for my service recommendations. Does that sound fair to you? So a few cool things just happened there. Number one, I shared a story that shows I'm able to not only engineer competing buyers, but I know how to negotiate and handle them to the point of contract. Number two, I've provided real evidence that another seller asked the same question and was happy to go with my idea to insert the right to renegotiate clause. And number three, I've used the word fair, which is very powerful in a negotiating situation like this. There are literally hundreds of fee defence scripts that can be employed when an agent is questioned about reducing their fee, but the one I've just given you will work if properly delivered 90% of the time. All I'm doing here is sharing what works for me. I encourage you to invest some time and effort into preparing your fee defence strategies. I'm not really interested in lengthy discussions or debates about what's right or wrong here. I'm simply giving you ample evidence of a proven and effective listing success method that works for me and hundreds of other real estate, hundreds of other top performers that I've coached and that I've worked with. With the likely property value and fee-for-service questions out of the way for the time being, you now ask your seller if they can show you around the property. You take your journal as you go and you make notes. If the seller tells you they've installed a new hot water service unit recently, write it down. If you tell you, if they tell you they've re-roofed or their area now has high, high speed cable or their home was featured in a magazine, write that down too. Can you see how there's way less pressure around the inspection of your potential client's property now? Can you see how it's more relaxed because you've had a chance to build rapport and maybe even share a joke or a laugh? This, my friends, it's called selling. You've taken the important steps to engage the seller and begin to build 
a relationship of trust and a relationship, by the way, that you're going to need because in the days and weeks ahead, it may well be tested. Despite what you think, they will be building an opinion about you. They'll be asking themselves this question. Are you the person we can trust to represent us with the sale of what is probably our greatest single asset? Chapter 8, Emotional Price versus Logical Price. Once you've had a look around, you return to your seat at the table. This is important because there's a certain familiarity to it. It's the beginning of a routine. It's the seat you'll take when you visit them in coming weeks to discuss marketing strategies or an offer. Okay, we're about to get into the touchy issue of price, so let me offer a quick disclaimer. I don't know what the laws are in your part of the world, so please take this as one person's opinion. If you have a better way, then all power to you. I'm here to add to your success, not detract from it. In other words, if it's not broken, don't fix it. If what I'm about to share is contrary to your ideals, beliefs, laws or methods, then that's totally cool with me. I don't care. I'm not here for an argument and I'm not here to comment on someone else's ideas, proven or otherwise. All I'm giving you is a proven method that has served myself and so many top agents very well for many successful years. So by now you will have formed a more specific opinion about price. What is it? You need to work out the best way to share your opinion with the owner and I'd suggest you consider a window of approximately 10%. In this scenario, that would be a price 5% above your specific view and say 5% below. For example, let's say you believe the property is worth in the vicinity of $550,000 and you're also mindful of the seller's thoughts about price from when you discussed recent sales in the area when you were sitting down at the kitchen table. So you go through your mental checklist. In the scenario I've just covered, a window of $60,000 is reasonable. If your genuine belief is that the property is worth $550, then a low price of $520 and a high price of $580 is fair and reasonable. But fair and reasonable to you may not necessarily be fair and reasonable to the seller. So I would preface any discussion on price with the following. Here we go, and this is important. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, one of the incredible things about real estate is that it has no recommended retail price. I believe there are four key factors that will have an impact on the ultimate sale price of your property. Current market conditions, the way your home is prevented for sale, the marketing skill of your agent, and finally, the negotiating skill of your agent. In reality, all I can offer you is my opinion and the best way forward. We can't influence current market conditions, but you definitely can influence the way your property is presented to the market and how your agent markets your property and handles the important process of buyer negotiation. I believe it's fair and reasonable when discussing a potential sale price to consider a window of 10%. This is still me talking to the sellers, by the way. This is the script or my script. I believe there's a lower logical price, but there's also a higher emotional price. In reality, neither of us are going to be buyers for this property, so naturally our opinions will be influenced by what we'd like to achieve. If I am your agent, I'll be looking to maximize the result and bring about a sale at the higher emotional price. After all, buying a home is usually an emotional decision. 
If you appoint me as your agent, I'll be guided by you as to where you would like to begin when it comes to marketing or an asking price. As for my opinion, I'm thinking the likely the likely selling window is somewhere between 520 and a higher emotional price potentially of 580. But like I said, it's your property and your decision as to what initial asking price we settle on. So what are your thoughts? That's the end of my script. I'm never interested in buying the listing or giving the seller high or unrealistic expectations, but I will defend the buyer's right to start the selling process at a price of their choosing. Naturally, auction, which starts in the complete reverse of this process, is another scenario. I'm not getting into that now. My mission is to be appointed as their agent. If their motivation is genuine and they're not about to send me on a fruitless mission that will consume the next 10 weeks of my life with no reward, then I will gladly take the listing on and work with the sellers to prepare the property for sale. I will market the property better than any of my competitors. Once the price and value and marketing issues are out of the way, I would complete the items on the agenda we set out at the start of the meeting and go through them one by one. On completion of reading it out, I would ask the sellers if there's anything I missed. Chances are they'll say no because I've drilled them and asked them for everything that they want to discuss to build the agenda, remember? I'll then ask the question that not all agents have the courage to do. And if you're lacking in this department, please pause for this presentation and watch the movie Braveheart three times and come back. Here's my script. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I've really enjoyed meeting with you today and walking through the items you feel are of importance to your sale. Let me ask you, are you happy for me to handle the sale for you? And stop talking. If they say yes, then get to work and have them do or sign whatever needs to be done or sign to complete the formal appointment of you as their agent. If they need to think about it, say this. That's totally reasonable. Can I make a suggestion? Why don't I go out to my car and return some buyer calls while you discuss it? Would 15 minutes be okay? Chapter 9, The Magic Leaves With You. I believe everyone has a certain level of invisible energy. It's like a current that charges our bodies. If you've ever spent time with a negative person, you'll know what I mean. You come away from that experience feeling worse than you did when you went into it. On the other hand, when you spend any time with a positive person, you come away feeling energized and great and rewarded by the experience and the interaction. I call it the magic. If getting the listing is the holy grail of real estate success, which I believe it definitely is, you'll want to use as much of your personal magic as you can muster. You want your potential sellers to be emotionally rewarded from their time with you. You want to deliver a very positive experience. But once you walk out the door, everything changes because the magic leaves with you. That invisible sparkling halo of energy, which is your personal magic, soon evaporates from their universe when you walk out the door. That's why it's important, no make that essential, to close when you're with them and they're blown away by your good energy and your self-belief and your local knowledge and your experience and your confidence. You've given them a little taste of what they can expect when they hire you. 
If you're a little scratchy or hesitant in the closing department, again, practice with your colleagues in a role play environment. There's nothing like it. At the conclusion of this presentation, try the following closeouts or just create your own, whatever comes naturally to you and feels right. Here's a couple. These are scripts. I'd really like the opportunity to work with you. I think we'd make a great team. Are you okay with appointing me as your agent? Or I'd like to be your agent. Can we make it official? Chapter 10, how to perfect the trial close. I've already spoken about the importance of closing, and I'm stunned to learn that so many agents don't actually close. They simply fail to ask ask for the order. It's almost as if the pain of potentially hearing no is greater than not knowing at all. But think about it. If you've just poured your heart and soul into a great listing presentation, wouldn't you want to know how you went? Some time back, I learned a technique that I think you'll find useful. It's what we call a trial close. You may have your own, but if not, check this little beauty out. This is my all-time favorite trial close question, but as you'll see, it's not a yes or no or sudden death question, but more of a test question to give you an idea of how you, of, of how you'll actually go when you ask for the order, when you ask, when you ask to be appointed as their agent. Okay, here goes. I call it the photo close. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I think it's really important you know that I've had a lot of success with using professional images in my marketing. With so many options and so many homes for sale, I know the real estate advertising space is really crowded. And because the internet and online marketing plays such an important role in marketing, I need to make sure that my clients' properties have the best possible photo appeal. In fact, the team of photographers I work with are highly skilled at not just helping me find the best feature of a property to photograph, the post-production software they use makes the images look so vibrant and attractive. Now, I believe I can make your home look fantastic and get you the very best range of marketing images, which will really help your property stand out in this market. So here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to come back tomorrow or at a time that suits you with one of my photographers and take some great digital shots. Then I'd like to show you these images so you can see what I have in mind and how awesome they look. But even if you decide not to use me as your agent, I'd like you to keep these photos with my compliments anyway. Does that sound okay? So can you see how that question is a subtle lead-in to you becoming their agent? In the many years I've used the photo close, I've never had a seller say yes to my offer, then use another agent. It's just never happened. In fact, here's a solid indicator to tell you how you're going. If the seller says no to your offer, it probably means they don't plan to use you as their agent, so you know you've still got some work to do. Uh, Making this offer also says you're a person of action. Again, As I've said before, your seller is looking for a real estate solution. They're looking for competent, capable advice from someone who can quickly illustrate that they can get results. Can I suggest you practice the photo close and make it your own? It will serve you well. Chapter 11, how to win friends and influence people. In 2004, my father gave me his personal copy of Dale Carnegie's best-selling book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. This edition was published in 1948. 
He gave it to me at a very challenging time in my life. I was about to go through a difficult divorce and my wife was leaving Australia and taking our three children to Canada. I was stealing myself for the day of departure, knowing that my children were going to another country, was ripping my heart out. After taking my wife and children to the airport for the flight to Toronto, I remember coming back to our home, which had been sold, and all that was left was our bed. No sheets, just a cold, bare mattress. Emotionally exhausted, I fell asleep on the bed, fully clothed. A few hours later, I woke up with incredible chest pains, and it was getting harder to breathe. I remember thinking, wow, I'm having a heart attack. No way. I'm only 44. How could that be? Just when I thought things were at their lowest, it got worse. I went to call an ambulance, but my mobile phone had died. And because the new owners were about to move in, we disconnected the landline. No way, I thought to myself, was it going to end like this? But suddenly the skills I'd learned in my life came into play. Relax, breathe, and stay calm. When my father gave me Mr. Carnegie's book, He put a yellow sticker on pages and chapters he wanted me to read. The chapter two title on page 18 reads, A Magic Formula for Solving Worrying Situations, which basically says, no matter how bad things are, they can always be worse. Well, here I was mid-heart attack. How could it get worse than that? I've read chapter two of How to Win Friends and Influence People many times, and somehow the author's soothing, confident tone came back to me and made me calm. In a few minutes, the chest pains and shortness of breath subsided and I drifted off to sleep. Next morning, my doctor gave me all sorts of tests but told me the stress of being separated from my children had probably given me an anxiety attack. So why am I telling you this? Why am I sharing a very private and somewhat painful story about my personal life? Well, it's because I want to share the lesson I was given and the way I sorted it out. I also think it serves as a nice reminder that everything is not what it seems. We can learn so much from those who have walked in our shoes before. I drew deeply on my own emotional lessons, and I'm so grateful I had the opportunity to learn so much in my life leading up to that point. The books, CDs, videos, and seminars I've read, heard, watched, and attended over time have given me such a bounty of what I call emotional wealth, and I encourage you to learn from the masters and discover this bounty of emotional wealth for yourself. And just a little sidebar, let me go off script. I think it's so important that continually during your life that you're feeding your brain good stuff. Some people I come across in real estate think that real estate training or coaching is just filling the car up once and it's going to run forever. The chances up, the chances are it's going to run out of fuel and you've got to refuel with the right fuel every time and you've got to, you've got to fill yourself up with the good things that are going to keep you going. The many lessons I've learned together with the discoveries made have served me well. These are the things that give me the right energy and empathy to engage a potential client and deliver an awesome listing presentation. These are the emotional tools I draw on every day to write, teach, mentor, and work with the many real estate professionals who've put me in the very privileged position of letting me have a positive impact on their careers and their lives. I have a plaque in my study that says, every problem can be solved with calm, careful thought, consulting an expert, the right strategy, and a plan of action. And all these years later, I still have the book my father gave me and look at his bookmarks often.
A few years later, after the dreadful day when I took my family to the airport for their one-way flight to Canada, I packed up and moved myself. I simply couldn't stand being apart from my children and I wanted so much to be part of their lives. And by the way, that turned out to be one of the very best decisions of my life. Chapter 12, Fee Negotiation Strategies and the Race to the Bottom. I genuinely believe you now have in your possession some excellent material. Can I suggest you just get started? When you download the documents as I've given instructions at topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 112, can I suggest you get started on your pre-listing kit and get that ready and get your testimonials together and set them up on a page and prepare your questionnaire. The key here, guys, is to get prepared and get ready. Get your pizza boxes stacked up, your brown wrapping paper, your raffia, even the pen. Who's going to write the neat-looking address on the cover? Get everything set up so you're ready to go. So much of this you can prepare in advance. When I read over this copy, I felt I'd left something out, so I'd like to give you a little bonus. I want to talk a little bit more about fee negotiation and share what I know. Great fee negotiation strategies are often the difference between winning and losing the listing. So these are some of the strategies and ideas that helped me enormously throughout my career, and I don't think a really great listing presentation is complete without them. When a seller asks if your fee is negotiable, you want to be able to address and respond with clarity, confidence and conviction. But most real estate professionals dread being asked this question, and they stammer about, like Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man, trying to give the answer. I think it's really worth getting your strategy right so you know what to say when you get the question. A good real estate professional is a negotiating machine and will overcome fee objections like an Olympic hurdler in their prime. But if you struggle in this area or you just like some ideas to workshop and use when your next challenge, then this is for you. It's human nature to want a deal. Nobody wants to feel like they're paying over the odds and we all feel great when we buy something reduced at a sale or just from utilising our sheer skill, the sheer skill of our negotiating ability. Personally, I'll always ask for a deal on just about anything except where I can see I'm already getting excellent value for money and I know the price I'm paying is a no-brainer. I also like the sport of negotiating and I love to see if the person I'm negotiating with can teach me any new strategies. Sometimes they can. But let's think about real estate for a moment. What are we actually doing? We're selling a service that looks after the sale of something that has no recommended retail price. Again, if you've read my book, How to Sell Your Home for More, or you use it as a market marketing tool currently, you'll see how I repeatedly reinforce the fact that because property has no, but that because real estate has no recommended retail price, the sale price of every property can can be influenced. So herein lies the key strategy for defending your fee. In fact, in my view, it's the only strategy. While your competitors struggle to give a reason why they can't lower their fee for service, you have all the answers and approach it from a completely different position. If I know how to influence the sale price of a property for my seller, I'm suddenly a very different agent with a clear and compelling point of difference. But you need to make three points Super clear to your seller. Number one, explain the price of every property can be influenced by a good agent. Number two, you have the ability to not just attract buyers, but you can actually get buyers to compete to buy the property if it's effectively marketed and correctly marketed. And finally, number three, 
You have stunning testimonials that are all about how you can help your seller get a better result. Let's look at this another way for a moment. If you can't make a compelling argument to your potential client that you can help them achieve a better result than any other agent, plus help them enjoy a better real estate experience, then really, what's your point of difference? Here's a valuable point to make if you're challenged. The cheapest agent is the one that can get their client, the seller, the best result after costs. When I'm in a fee negotiating situation, I like to say, I'm the cheapest agent in town. The seller will look at me and say, how can that be? Your fee is way higher than every other agent. Then I explain. My fee is higher, Mr. Seller, because I produce a better result. I have a better marketing strategy to get your home in front of more buyers. Plus, I'm a better negotiator. I know how to make buyers compete to buy your property. And I know how to handle the very choppy waters when it comes to handling multiple offers and managing high emotions. That's why I typically produce a better result for my clients. In fact, that's what I'd like to do for you. Can we get to work? So notice my clothes there. I'm ready to stop talking and start doing. So I've actually turned the objection back into another closing argument. If not, if I don't do any good and uh, they're still refusing or whatever, I continue. Mr. and Mrs. Seller, there are literally hundreds of agents who could sell your home, but I'm the one who can help you sell for more. I don't know if you had a chance to read this book yet and you hold up a copy of How to Sell Your Home for More, but when you do, you'll see there's a very clear and practical strategy we use to help our sellers get the best result. It's a formula that's worked for tens of thousands of sellers and it will work for you. All you need is an agent that knows how to do it. And I'm pleased to be that selected and and approved agent in your area and the only one that can do it. Are you ready to let me show you how it's done? Now, if you've presented your evidence, which is your testimonials, correctly, you will have built a pretty solid and compelling argument as to why the the seller should be selling with you. So after that, if you're still struggling as a last resort, you can revert back to the right to negotiate before the contract is signed clause I referred to earlier in this presentation. Here's one more. Mr. and Mrs. Seller. When you're done and the ink on the contract is dry, I'll be deducting my fee for service from the sale proceeds. But I like to think that most of what I earn is for my marketing, buyer handling and negotiating skills. Does that sound fair to you? And here's another. When your seller says, well, ABC agent has offered me X percent, will you match it? You respond, If I thought I could only achieve a similar result to what ABC will achieve, I would gladly match it. But as you can see from what my clients are saying, and you refer here to your testimonials and hold them up, I believe I'll be doing a much better job than that. Can I show you how it works? Again, I've I've, I've turned the objection back into a good rebuff and again, another close. Okay, we're on the home straight. We're nearly there. Chapter 13, A Message for New Agents. I believe one of the hardest things when you start out in real estate is assessing the daily priority actions you need to complete each day. Many new agents get lost and confused trying to identify which actions they need to prioritize and end up switching to the next, then the next, then the next, and burning daylight on fruitless ideas that produce little or no results. If you're brand new to real estate, or in your first couple of years, or just feel you're drifting, 
spinning your wheels, need to get back on course, let me share my simple plan to help you get results fast. Once you know what to do, don't hesitate. Just go for it with all the hustle, passion and energy you can muster. Make mistakes and recover quickly. Pour your heart into every task. Leverage technology and focus on the proven methods top agents use to get listings. If you want any ideas, head over to my podcast at topagentsplaybook.com where you'll find lots of interviews with real estate's best agents. All you need to do is copy them and follow these five steps. Step one, focus on your KPI or key performance indicator. And my suggestion is contacts. Target a number of new people you're going to meet and connect with each day, week and month. These people will become your main prospecting list and ultimately give you 80 to 90% of your business. Step two, Get a good CRM or database management system, also known as a customer relationship management system, and get to know it intimately. I'm a very proud co-founding partner at LockedOn.com, so if you'd like a discount deal, message me and I'll set you up with a free trial. If you already have a good CRM in your office right now, get to know it and start using it. In real estate, contacts are currency. The more you have, the more you'll make. Step number three, dedicate four or preferably five mornings every week to building your contact list of potential clients and recording them in your in your CRM. This is prospecting. You need name, and mobile, and email, and keep notes from discussions so you can quickly tap into their situation and needs next time you connect. Step number four, set up a free account at jiggler.com and get out the price drive or street sign flyer into your area. Alex Garden from Ray White on the Sunshine Coast, g'day Alex, signed up for a free account recently. In just six weeks, he was invited in to look at over 10 homes in his area. He listed seven and has sold four so far. Total commission is over $50,000 from that one flyer. Awesome effort. I'm also a proud co-founding partner at Jiggler and I started the company because I was frustrated agents were not able to quickly access and customize proven marketing flyers, social media posts, and other real estate-specific marketing ideas. As you can see from the results Alex achieved, you can expect a nice return on your marketing investment. And if you think this is a shameless promotion for something I have an interest in, you're 100% correct. But if I have something you can leverage and it works really well, Why wouldn't I passionately promote it and share the success of others with you? Jiggler solves a major problem in our industry, and we've cut out the middleman, who's that expensive graphic designer, so you can get everything you need whenever you want. Many Jiggler agents report same-day results. In other words, they created a marketing flyer, got it printed, got it out, and received a phone call from a potential seller the same day. Step number five. Prospect every day to attract and record new contacts. Look for ways to provide value and solutions. Just listed and just sold prospecting is a very good use of your time and one of the best ways to get productive right at the start of your career. Personally, I prefer morning prospecting because I like to get the essential and important tasks out of the way as soon as I can. And to help new agents hit the ground running, I've set up a very low-cost, high-content group coaching and mentoring program called 
All-Stars. For less than a dollar a day, you can get access to some of the most productive personal marketing ideas and join our group for regular live mastermind meetings. To find out more, go to onlinerealestatecoach.com and scroll down to the yellow coaching package to see everything that's included. I'll also leave that link in the show notes for this episode, which is topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 112. Chapter 14, thanks for letting me share. I want to thank you for dedicating the time to hear my message. I encourage you to study, learn and practice your listing presentation skills as often as you can. I believe the tools and ideas I've shared will really boost your chances of success at your next listing presentation because you'll have such an obvious and appealing point of difference. Plus, you'll be very well prepared. They say success lives at the corner of preparation and opportunity. And I believe the listing presentation formula I've just shared is the best presentation you can get. All you need is the very best prospecting system and you'll create more opportunities than you can possibly imagine. I want to thank my great mentors and successful agents who've shared the many ideas and strategies that make this formula so successful. I couldn't have done it without them. Now, I'm handing this lucrative real estate success technique over to you, and I want you to drive it like you stole it. One day when we meet in person, I'm looking forward to hearing how well it worked for you. Chapter 15, so where to from here? I'm not one to state the obvious, however, if you're doing what you did last month and expecting different results, it's never going to happen. And if your plans for the coming 12 months are to double what you did in the last 12 months, you're going to need a rock-solid, proven, workable plan. If this document or this presentation has struck a chord with you and you'd like to know more about how I can help, then maybe we should connect. Your experience has little to do with it. It's more of an attitude and ambition thing. I have the resources, contacts and experience to help any agent at any level as long as they can give me their commitment. If you'd like to connect, go to onlinerealestatecoach.com and tell me what's going on. Tell me about your victories and your challenges and tell me about your goals. And In the meantime, dream big and take names. I'd like to show you how you can download this entire document uh, in PDF and Word files. All of the letters, all of the templates, everything is included here. This will let you completely set up your pre-listing kit and give you everything you need to win more listings and make more sales. So there's a couple of ways you can do it. You can head over to the topagentstore.com and buy the full download plus direct mail power, which I'm throwing in, which is going to cost you about $150, or you can get it for free with my compliments by helping me out with a small favor. Here's the thing. The only way I can grow my podcast is by getting extra subscribers and extra reviews. So here's my offer. If you go to iTunes or Stitcher and leave me a five-star review, well, firstly, subscribe. That's most important. Then leave me a five-star review and favorable comment. Then send me an email to let me know. I'll send you the link to download everything that's in this presentation. My email is ray at jiggler, J-I-G-G-L-A-R.com, and I'll also leave it in the show notes for this episode, which is topagentsplaybook.com forward slash 112 or 112. So 
I'd like to say a huge thanks uh, in advance. And I know the content in this presentation will help you win more listings, make more sales as soon as you implement everything and the ideas. It's no coincidence real estate's top agents use real estate's best software. Locked On is so popular with top producers because it's laden with features, but so easy to use at the same time. Backed by the number one support team in the industry, agents say Locked On is fast, reliable, and like having two assistants. If your real estate software and systems are holding you back, why not experience the ultimate cloud-based solution and take your productivity to the next level? To get your free 30-day trial and for special discount for life deal, go to LockedOn.com forward slash Ray. 